is going on people welcome to another episode of clutch pod it's been a long time coming but we're back still we had a little hiatus for how long around like five months last episode i remember recording was in december but yeah um, let's just say there's been a lot of things that's happened between now and then so of course i won't be able to go through everything because this pod will be like a week long but yeah um I'm going to try to discuss the um, the current climate right now and in terms of sports and also what's going to happen next. So that's in both the Premier League and the NBA. I'm going to look ahead to the resumption of both of these leagues. So yeah, as always, I'm your host, AB. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod and also on Insta at Clutch underscore pod. So first of all, before we actually start discussing the resumption of the Premier League season, which begins this Wednesday, I just want to take a moment to discuss the current um, climate in the world right now. Obviously, right now, um, COVID-19 has been around and has affected a lot of things, especially sports, in the last five, six months. Recently, we had the senseless murder of George Floyd at the hands of a police officer in Minnesota, in the US, and obviously a rage that has been prevailed by the black lives matter movement just want to make sure i say rp george floyd and to those who was killed by police brutality it's unfortunate that racism does continue to exist in our communities and in our societies today especially in the year 2020 it's just unacceptable standing in solidarity with all the bellow black people that have been affected by this and need to keep on fighting so that changes can actually be made Obviously, racism is a part of our community and especially it's, it's been ingrained in sports, in my opinion, um, with so many incidents of racism reported around stadiums, not just across the UK, but across Europe and the world. I just want to show my support to all the footballers that have stood up against this, the likes of Jaden Sancho, Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford and many, many more because if I start name dropping, I'll be here forever. But these are the ones I've actually seen and who I've heard like the loudest and are most vocal. Also, big up Marcelo as well. I just hope that this can continue. I don't know how long this will last, but it's it's just more than just people standing up. I think the institutions themselves need to change. So when you look at things like Sky Sports and things like that, in my opinion, I feel like they help to enable it. Then you've got guys like Sue Ness yeah, that just love to criticise Pogba 24-7. When you actually take it in, like this brother will be talking about my man and he's not even playing. United won't even be playing on Super Sunday and somehow Pogba's name is getting dragged in the mud and people just like seem to allow that to happen. So until things like that change or the criticism of certain black players compared to others, you've got guys like Tangi and Dembele. I know he hasn't done himself any true favours since arriving from Spurs, but the criticism he's been receiving is... I, I just believe that it's unfair compared to others. And obviously, he had the whole Raheem Sterling um, fiasco whereby he couldn't do anything right. Like, man, will go Greg's to buy a grub, they'll get onto him. He'll buy a range, they'll get onto him. He'll buy his mama house, they'll get onto him. Like, that, that doesn't happen for other footballers. Like, when Phil Foden done it, they just said, yeah, this, this young English gem that's coming up bought his mama house. So it's things like that that control the narratives. So I feel like the media does like enable um racism to prevail in sports so as long as that's going on i don't think that we'll have any positive outcomes so we need to tackle the issue from head on 
right down to the players. Also, the Premier League did announce that when it does resume on the 17th, all players will have their names replaced by Black Lives Matter and their number. So I feel like that's a good gesture from the Premier League, but also they have to like try to tackle it inside, especially the FA as well. Whole Mark Sampson, um, any Aluko situation was just was just so it was just mishandled so badly, and then you had people like. Uh, let me not even mention those because she apologised in it. So yeah, that that whole situation was mishandled. But yeah, like I said, I'm just mainly here to talk sports. But it's just that this has been a huge part of sports right now. So I have to. I, it's my right. It's my duty to speak about it as someone who wants to cover this sport in the future. So yeah, we're gonna move on though to more positive things. So yeah, the Premier League is coming back on the 17th of June. I'm not gonna lie, I did not see this coming. I thought they were gonna avoid the Premier League season. I just thought that the whole, the way the UK government just handled this coronavirus pandemic, I just thought that yep, everything's just gonna be locker. But they found a way in it. Obviously, there were a few people that did not want it to come back. Troy Deeney was very vocal in that. A lot of people were saying it's because, ah, oh, look where Watford are in the league. They're going to go down, this, this and that. But Troy Deeney is one of the most outspoken players we have in the league right now. And I respect him greatly. He literally said, listen, I've got a young daughter sort of thing. And I can't be going out to play to kick ball putting that at severe risk. And I respect him for that. And it's true. He has every right to not want to play. But he did have discussions with the sports minister. I think. And they just gave him the green light. So, yeah, he's going to be playing. Hopefully, for his sake, he can help keep Watford alive in the Premier League for next season. So, yeah, on Wednesday the 17th, we got the first two fixtures. These are the four teams that had a game in hand on the rest of the league. So, first up, it's Aston Villa against Sheffield United at Villa Park. Obviously, it's going to be an empty Villa Park since there's going to be, like, no crowds. But Sky Sports did announce that on their coverage, they're going to add, like, um, FIFA effects or something like that. And I feel like that will help a little bit. Because, obviously, when I first started watching Bundesliga, when it came back, I can't lie, contrary to popular belief, I actually enjoyed watching it without the crowd. I don't know. I felt like just hearing the ball get getting pinged around. Obviously, it helps that it's Bayern Munich that you're watching it. But, like, just the way the ball's getting pinged around, you hear the calls in that. Like, you hear the ball hit the back of the net. Like, it's crazy. I actually enjoyed it. But, yeah, definitely, obviously, with crowd, it's much better. So, when they did add crowd to the Bundesliga, I was actually live still. Like, I enjoyed it. Like, I didn't really feel like I was missing out on everything. Because when you actually watch the match, obviously, the camera angles are on the pitch. It's only, like, now and again when they zoom out, you see the crowd. Yeah, Villa, they're in a little bit of a chiz right now. Obviously, they are 19th in the table, two points away from safety. So, they will need to really turn a new page. Obviously, they need their big players to step up. Jack Grealish and Denman Wesley. I think Wesley might actually still be injured. But maybe this long break might have helped him. Because at first, he was ruled out for the rest of the season with a nasty injury. So, yeah, Sheffield United, obviously, Chris Wilder's boys. They've been the surprise package of this season. They're actually trying to fight for a Champions League place. I never thought I would say this six months ago. <laughs> but, yeah, they are they're five points adrift, obviously, with a game in hand. So, they can cut the gap between them and Chelsea to two points if they pick up all three away at Villa Park. And then, obviously, you got the big one. <laughs> Can't lie, I've been getting on to my Arsenal friends still, my Arsenal fans' friends, because <laughs> how can the first game post-lockdown be away at Man City? That's probably one of the worst places to go. And obviously, I've been watching, like, the clips of their pre-season game when they lost to Brentford. And let's just say, if they replicate a performance like that, boy, <laughs> it's going to be a long day for them, man, there, fam. But yeah, Man City against Arsenal at the Etihad. Um, City, obviously, they, they know the league's over, innit? They're just trying to do their thing. 
try solid try to consolidate a second place finish um still don't know the outcome of their appeal to the cas about their champions league ban that's going to be interesting as well that's another little story in the season still man city's banned because obviously if they do if the ban does get upheld then that opens up another champions league spot for possibly united possibly wolves sheffield united like a whole load of teams still will be licking their lips at that champions league spot but yeah man city arsenal that's at 8 15 but yeah, Sane's back for Man City still. He's back. He's been playing in their little warm-up games, their friendlies and that, looking sharp. Obviously, he's been heavily courted by Bayern Munich. Apparently, they had a bid of like £38 million rejected, something like that. Um, He is going to be a free agent as his contract ends at the end of next season. So, Bayern could get him on the low. If not, they'll get him for free, innit? If he doesn't want to re-sign with Man City, which he hasn't announced that he would anyway so yeah those are the fixtures on wednesday on friday there's two more fixtures bottom of the table north city take on southampton that southampton they got a bit of daylight ahead of the rest of the um bottom three though they've got like what seven points but yeah they'll be looking over their shoulders though because as you know anything can happen in it with this long break you don't know who no one really has momentum like that in it so it's, it's going to be interesting to see who actually, like, starts with their foot on the gas. But, yeah, Norwich is looking bleak for them still. They are... They're six points away from safety. Yeah, it's not looking good. They're going to need Pookie to be firing on all cylinders if they have any chance to stay in the league. And then also, the next game, Spurs against Man United at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Mourinho against one of his former clubs. It is fifth against eighth. United, obviously, they had their little resurgence before the season got postponed um the last game they beat alask in europa league 5-0 my like unks igalo getting on the score sheet but yeah they were actually playing well obviously rashford had that nasty injury there was even a doubt for the euros but he's back fully fit that's good to see pogba's back fully fit so you get to see him and bruno potentially in a midfield it's gonna be exciting still i want to see i really think that them two can um flourish off of each other if that makes sense and really like bolster the team as well obviously they've been heavily linked with Jaden Sancho as well also um Donny van der Beek has been a topic of discussion I don't know how true those rumors are but yeah it'll be interesting to see if Oli can cement that top four finish because earlier in the year I did not see that coming at all so if he can that's that'll be good for us still obviously that's me speaking as a United fan Spurs they've had a mediocre season at best well yeah I wouldn't even call it mediocre. They've had a poor season still. Obviously, they brought in Marino. They brought in re reinforcements. Gedson Fernandez, Ryan Sessions barely played because he was injured. Um, Tangi and Dombele as well. So, yeah, we just have to see what they're going to do if they can cement a top four finish. They're currently seven points away. Um, but, yeah, as I said earlier, anything can happen still. Anything can happen. Any team can pull a string of two, three four positive results together and really have momentum going into the last couple of games of the season right now there's nine games left for 16 of the teams there's 10 games left for the teams playing on wednesday so that's villa and sheffield united man city and arsenal so if it's finally poised i feel like it's the right amount of games for to seek to really um shake things up in the table but yeah so those are the fixtures on friday and then saturday you've got four more fixtures watford against leicester that's the early kickoff Brighton host Arsenal, West Ham against Wolves, and then Bournemouth against Palace. 
So yeah, Leicester City have flying. They're looking to cement a Champions League place. They're currently five points ahead of Chelsea in fourth. So the way it's looking, I think that they can secure that. They've had a very solid season. Big up Brendan Rodgers and them man there. Bardi, you got guys at Iosi Perez who came in this season. Hasn't really scored a lot of goals, but he kind of fits in well to what they're trying to do. Harvey Barnes as well, little young talent. Um, big up Ricardo Pereira. All these guys, they've actually been playing together as a as a unit still. Leicester been doing their thing this season. Want to see them in the Champions League again. See what they're made of. Brighton hosts Arsenal. So this is Arsenal's second game back. So they play on Wednesday and Saturday. It'll be interesting to see what the fitness levels would be. Obviously, the Premier League announced that you can make five substitutions now and have 10 men on the bench rather than three substitutions and seven men. Um, I feel like that will help a lot with the fitness. Um, they did do a study of the Bundesliga when it re when it resumed and said that injuries were like 200% up or something crazy like that. So that's going to be mad still because obviously when you've had when you've had that much time off, you do seem to um, pick up injuries more because you haven't played ball in time. And we don't know what most of these men are doing at home anyway. Like, there's only so much press-ups you can bang <laughs> before a match from. Bournemouth Crystal Palace is a 7.45 kickoff on Saturday. Bournemouth have had a very, very bad campaign. Um, obviously, it doesn't help. They didn't really bring anyone in. Dominic Solanke hasn't scored for them. Jordan Ibe set to leave at the end of the season after a very underwhelming career at Bournemouth. They got Harry Wilson back, though. That winger on loan from Liverpool. So be interesting to see how he plays yeah they're hosting crystal palace that is a very winnable game for bournemouth i think especially with palace's away record palace they're right they're like mid-table right now 11th that's ex that's pretty much where i expected them to be they're not really in trouble like that relegation wise so i'll be very surprised if they bottle it and get relegated so yeah they're just one of their mid-table man i don't see them pushing for europa league spot although it is within their reach so they could potentially push, but I don't think they can get it. So yeah, that's a that's a little clash to watch out for. Hopefully Bournemouth do survive though, man, because I do rate Eddie Howe a lot. Like he brought them from the mud to where they are now. Like they was in League Two and that fam. With guys like Fraser and and, and Andrew Sermon and them man. <laughs> but yeah, Sunday they got three more fixtures. Um, Newcastle host Sheffield United. Newcastle have had a very up and down season. Obviously, if you speak to their fans, they'll say that it's been a disaster. They should have never let Benitez left. They should have never hired Bruce. They should have never signed Joe Linton. Like, who are these things? Obviously, up in the northeast, you know, those guys love their football fans. Newcastle fans, Sunderland fans. They're 13th right now. I don't even know. Their season's been a bit... It's just been made of ups and downs. Obviously, it doesn't help when you're beefing the manager and that, but... But it will be interesting to see what happens with this whole um, takeover bid if they do get taken over by those Arab billionaires. Um, they're potentially saying Newcastle could be the new Man City. It will be interesting though because what I would say is with Newcastle, the fan base is they're very hardcore fans in it. So I feel like the um, and St. James's part, Newcastle is a big club. So if they get that proper investment, they could be a real force in the future. Like. They just need to make sure they spend the money wisely, like Man City-wise. Obviously, not to get caught by <laughs> FFP rules and not just blow peas the way QPR did when they first came into the league because that was just catastrophic. So, yeah, Newcastle, they play Sheffield United this Sunday. Aston Villa hosts Chelsea. Ooh, that's a tough, that's a tough first two fixtures for Villa, you know. They got Sheffield United and Chelsea both at home. Those are not easy fixtures at all. And they need to really hit the ground running if they want to stay in the league. So, yeah, 
Then on Sunday, you've got a big one. Merseyside derby. Everton hosts Liverpool at Goodison. Um, Liverpool just need six more points to be confirmed Premier League champions. There was um, discussions around the Premier League that they would move the potential league winning fixture to a neutral venue because, you know, Liverpool fans will probably be outside Anfield cheering and things at that gathering when they shouldn't really be gathering because of this whole social distancing things but that has been thrown out the window and they will play their remaining fixtures in the allocated stadiums Liverpool Everton obviously is a derby big game but I can't lie this is like one of the deadest derbies in the Premier League we have right now because Liverpool just go around there or Everton come to Anfield and they just get beat down every time bruv like is that Everton forget how to kick ball when they play Liverpool. It's so annoying because they actually have the talent to square up to them. Not to beat them all the time, but to make the game a bit more interesting. And they just they just capitulate. Like, I don't know why, bruv. Is that they, they just don't want it. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if that will change. Um, Everton's season has been mediocre as well. They haven't really performed to the standards I thought they would perform. At before the season that was heavy optimism when I saw they were trying to bid 80 million for Zahara and that I was thinking okay is that what you man are on say no more I thought they could possibly trouble the big boys like the way Wolves troubled them last season but that ain't happened Dominic Calvert-Lewin has been a bright spark though he's banged in goals for them he's a guy I always say I don't really rate him like that but I have to give him his props when he performs and he's scored in some big games still I won't even lie he scored against Man City I think he scored against Arsenal as well 13 goals this season league goals so that's decent for him still decent for him obviously Everton they sacked Marco Silva brought in Carlo Ancelotti who's won he's basically won it all um, so they try to get that pedigree that winning pedigree instilled into the team we'll see how Ancelotti does do because the job office he had <laughs> when he got fired by Napoli uh, I did not see Everton being well I did not see him taking up Everton that is Sunday's last fixture and then on Monday We've got Man City against Burnley. So that's next week, Monday. That's at the Etihad. Burnley just been doing Sean Dyche-like things. Solid. Hard to break down. Two banks of 4-4-2. Four, four, Ashley Barnes, Chris Wood. Them guys been doing their thing. Southampton. I want to talk about Southampton a bit. Because they've got this guy called Danny Ings. Yeah, who just, before the end of the season, just couldn't stop scoring. He was just banning goals left, right and centre. I had him in my fantasy team and he saved me. Bare times. I can't even lie. So Danny Ings got 15 league goals this season. Let's see if he can push Southampton to a top 10 finish in the league. They're currently five points adrift of Burnley who are in 10th. So, yeah, big up Southampton. Obviously, Ralph hassan Hutu has signed a contract extension. I feel like he's a good manager for them for what they're trying to do at this current moment in time. So, yeah, um, they've, they've got a decent squad. They could do with some investment, especially at the back as well. They're, they're doing all right. Jamie Vardy is leading all Premier League goal scorers with 19 this season. Aubameyang with 17 and Aguero with 16. Um, I think Jamie Vardy will hold out and win Golden Boots still. He he deserves it, man. Leicester have been quality this season. From when they routed Southampton 8-0, I'll never forget that game. <laughs> crazy, crazy game. Was it 8-0 or 9-0? I think it might have been 9-0, you know. Yeah, from when they beat Southampton 9-0 at St. Mary's. Crazy. That was one of the best games of the season still. So yeah, um, Vardy looking to win Golden Boot. I think that will be his. I think that will be his first ever Golden Boot in the Premier League. Still, what I'm gonna talk about now is what's gonna happen next season. So next season in the Premier League, they have 
been rumors that is going to be behind closed doors and i i think that's how it's going to be still because i don't see fans returning to stadiums anytime soon especially when you've got stadiums that are 60 70 odd thousand obviously you've got the emirates 60,000, old trafford 76,000. like i really don't see them places being full up as close as next season so i just hope they can try to bring some sort of technology that can bring crowd noise because we all know crowds are a big part of football like fans are a big part of football that's why you're seeing the rise in fan channels and things like that uh, obviously i feel like the way the transfer market is gonna be right now is gonna change massively because players because um, clubs no longer have those hundreds of millions of pounds that they can afford to splash out on players so it'll be interesting to see what happens with guys like paul pogba who has been flirting with trying to leave united for the past three four years um Jaden Sancho, who's trying to leave Dortmund, well, according to the papers anyway, you've got guys like Sane, who might not sign a contract extension. You've got free agents, like Williams' contract is meant to expire at the end of this season. You've got guys like um, David Luiz as well. So, Olivier Giroud, I think he signed an extension with Chelsea, though. Yeah, there's a whole lot of dominoes that can fall either way with regards to what's going to happen with transfers, with um, the financial whole element of the of the clubs and things like that so there's still a lot of uncertainty going into the resumption of the premier league season but i feel like as the games kick off we'll get a clearer picture as to see what's going to happen in the future and how football will change because of this covid19 pandemic so yeah i just thought i'll do a quick roundup of the resumption of the premier league season and the current fixtures so yeah there'll be a pod later on discussing the outcome of these fixtures don't forget to follow us on twitter at clutch underscore pod i'm going to move on to the nba section don't forget to follow us on insta as well at clutch underscore pod moving on to the nba segment now um obviously we're going to start off with with the black lives matter movement in the nba so former nba player stephen jackson who won a championship with the spurs in 2003 he was a close friend with george floyd and was very vocal in his support of him and the protesting so big up stephen jackson for being so vocal in his support he also has support from guys like jr smith and carl anthony towns who if you didn't know whose mother died in the covid19 pandemic rest in peace so the nba season is being resumed on the 30th of july so we've got like just over six weeks um obviously it's going to be in orlando in disney world that's just eliminated home court advantage for all the teams that have been fighting for home court advantage so yeah there's gonna play eight regular season games 22 teams have been invited so all the 16 teams that are currently in playoff positions so you've got five western conference teams and one eastern conference team you've got the blazers the pelicans the kings the spurs the suns and you've got the wizards out east so those are the extra teams that have been invited and what they have said is there'll be a playing tournament if at the end of the eight regular season games there's a team that is four games or less back from the eighth seed so there'll be a playing tournament for the eighth seed if those conditions are fulfilled so yeah obviously there's been a lot of not really backlash but there have been some people who are against resuming basketball especially in this current climate Kyrie Irving being one of them obviously being one of the vice presidents of the NBA Players Association it's very very sticky as he's essentially pitting himself against those who are in favor of resuming the season i.e LeBron James and 
the box players and all other players to think they have a real chance of winning a championship, innit? Surprisingly, though, he was backed by Dwight Howard, who obviously is a teammate of LeBron James and is on the Lakers. So he's basically said that it's going to be nice, the possibility of winning a championship with the Lakers on the resumption of the NBA season. But he said the greater championship right now is fighting for our freedom and for our rights. And I respect Dwight Howard for that, because obviously at this current time, tensions are very high and essentially we need a change still because this has been going on for far too long and there's a time where we just need to put our foot down let's just say stop everything let's actually like put all our resources into fighting this once and for all so yeah i respect that viewpoint and i also respect the others that who are saying basketball is a distraction from what's going on and we need it to you know, kind of like not rid of the trauma but try to like distract ourselves from what's actually going on in real life guys like lou williams were off that viewpoint as well so i understand where he's coming from so it's it's just a sticky situation still so adam silver's probably gonna have to sit down and have a phone call meeting with the players association or with guys like Kyrie irving and to really like um i wouldn't say change their mind because obviously adam silver being the type of person that he is he's really allowed flexibility in and around the league so there'll be no punishment for players who decide to opt out of playing because obviously this orlando playing basketball there they're going to be in a bubble so they won't be able to leave for a while and they won't be able to see their families for like the first six or seven weeks which a lot of players will have will not like at all so there's that situation and also um what i discussed earlier with players not really wanting to play with what's going on right now so yeah so that's what's going on right now i'm just gonna discuss what's gonna happen if the playoffs began today so if they did out east you have the bucks against the magic you have the raptors against the nets you have the celtics against the Sixers, and you got the heat against the pacers at west it will be lakers grizzlies mavs clippers nuggets rockets and OKC Utah. Those will be the playoff matchups if the playoffs were to start today. And I think they are susceptible to change out west because they are teams that are only like one game back from each other. And that goes from like third to seventh seeds. So that would be interesting. I feel like that will change up. But out east, I don't really see it changing as much. Obviously, if KD was to come back from his injury and play for the Nets, which I, which he has categorically ruled out, it would fully change the game and make it a lot more interesting. Some people would even say Nets would be favourites out East with the duo of Kyrie and KD alongside role players like Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Torian Prince, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan. So yeah, that would be interesting, but KD has already said he's not coming back, so... It's unfortunate still because I feel like they could really upset the odds if if they had if the Nets had him. I'm just gonna say what I predict will happen in each of these series still until we actually start playing basketball. So yeah, um, Bucks Magic sweep. <laughs> I think the less said about that, the better. <laughs> Raptors Nets. I feel like the Raptors winning five. Maybe if Carry Ka- might go off one game in it. That's if he decides to play. Carry can win you a playoff game. He's got that talent. We all know what he can do in big moments. So, yeah, I feel like the Nets will probably say one game from the Raptors, but that'll be that'll be it. Um, Boston-Philly, obviously, I'm a Philly fan, so you know where I'm going with this one. We've had a bad season, though. 30, 39 and 26 right now. Um, we do have a 29 and 2 home record, though. We'll just, we'll just 
doo-doo on the road. Like, it makes no sense. But, yeah, I really see us beating the Celtics, though. I really don't fear them at all. Out of all the teams in the Eastern Conference, I would say, obviously, barring the Magic, who are the eighth seed, and the Nets, I don't really fear them. The teams I fear the most out East is, obviously, the Bucks, the Raptors, mainly the Raptors, because, obviously, what they done to us last year and what Embiid done <laughs> the first game back in Toronto when he dropped zero points so yeah that's that's crazy stuff. i really don't want to see them in the playoffs but i think we can beat the celtics Celtics are a solid team though jason tatum has really taken that next step this season he he's shown glimpses that he can be a number one option in a championship team um they've got a nice corridor obviously ken bar's been balling he's been a, a fantastic chemistry fit and playing fit for them um, you've got Jalen Brown, who at the start of the season, I balked when I saw that they gave him that four-year, 85 mil max. But he's proven that he can be worth it still. He's had some great big plays. I remember he hit that clutch free against the Rockets, I think it was, when Tatum um, had to miss the free throw on purpose to send it to OT. So his plays like that, like Jalen Brown, he's a baller still, two-way player. He can... He can defend as well, multiple positions, like three positions. So, yeah, big up Jalen Brown for taking that step this season. But I think that the lack of a big man in the post is going to seriously hamper them. Obviously, against Philly this season, they are 3-1. and one. Um, Yeah, they've had no answer for Embiid, though. When Embiid is on his game, no one can really stop him still. Who's Daniel Tyus? Like, what's he going to do to stop him? So, yeah, I really think that the Sixers will beat the Celtics in the first-round matchup if they meet up. I would say Philly in six. Sixes and six, come on. And then you've got the Heat Pacers. I think um, the Heat win this. I think they win it in five. I don't know because Indiana's a team that slept on. Obviously, they had VO out for a long time through that injury, but he's back. you got your Miles Turner. So, bonus was our first time All-Star this season. He played well. you got Brogdon who came from the Bucks. He had a good start to the season, but he hasn't really replicated that form um coming in before the end before the suspension you got um nice backups you got Aaron Holiday's decent you got um Justin Holiday as well the Holiday two Holiday brothers obviously Jeremy Lamb's out for the rest of the season after tearing his ACL and his MCL nasty injury wish him all the best so yeah um but I think the Heat will just have too much for them because when it comes to these playoff matches yeah it's usually the best player on the team that really stands out and I think that'll be Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler's had a great season with the Miami Heat a lot of people thought that him moving to the Heat and deciding to leave Philly will mean that he'll just be getting first round exit after first round exit but he's really shown that he can lead the team You've got young gunners in Kendrick Nunn Duncan Robinson Tyler Hero them guys are shooters <laughs> you got Bam Adebayo first time all-star as well he's shown he can be a versatile big he can play make he can rebound he can score like, he's, he's really becoming a paint beast still, Bam Adebayo. He's a player I like a lot still. Um, especially him being an undersized big man as well in this league. I'm just going to do first round. I'm not going to do um, second round and finals because we still got a long way until the resumption of the season. At West, though, Lakers against the Grizzlies right now, as it stands. Lakers sweep. Um, Clippers against the Mavs. That's an interesting series, though. I don't think the Clippers really want to see Laker in the first round. Trust me. Not that they will lose. If I had anything can happen in it, because obviously Clippers have had chemistry issues all year. They brought in Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson not too long ago, and they haven't really played together as much. Paul George and Kawhi haven't played together as much as we would have wanted 
them too. Um, so yeah, it's it's gonna be tight for them still. I don't see them winning a championship. As for this first round matchup with the Mavs, I really don't. Oof, I see. I would say Clippers in six still, but it's gonna be a grueling six games. Like it's gonna be tough because the Mavs. They're statistically the best offensive team in the league. You got guys like Seth Curry, who at one point had the best three-point shooting percentage in NBA history. Take that in. <laughs> so, yeah, I think he's second now behind Steve Kerr. You've got Tim Hardaway Jr., who is a real flamethrower. On his day, he can drop 30 on you <laughs> in <laughs> on like 75% shooting. Like Tim Hardaway, yeah, because obviously I don't watch every Mavs game, innit? But when I look at box score sometimes, this guy will drop 30 on other games, he'll drop like six. Like he's so inconsistent, but he's a shooter still. He can knock down shots. You got um Dorian Finney-Smith. He can shoot it. Maxi Kleber, who's a big man that can stretch the floor. Obviously, they had Dwight Powell out injured. I don't know if he's gonna return, but they did trade for Willie Cauley-Stein from the Warriors. So yeah, they've got they've got nice role players. Like their bench is really really underrated. The Mavs. So they'll I think they'll cause the Clippers trouble still, but the Clippers will come out of that round because. They just have better players and better quality, to be honest. Okay, the 3-6 matchup is the Nuggets against the Rockets. The Nuggets, obviously, they got knocked out in the second round in Game 7 last season against the Portland Trailblazers. So they'll be looking to go that one step further. Um, Jokic has had a decent season. Obviously, he started off very, very slow, but he slowly picked up his pace. He's averaging 20-10-7 and 7 right now. Well, since the league was suspended and um, since the lockdown, a lot of people are questioning like his weight issues, that he's going to come back looking bulky and that. But he's actually slimmed down still and a slim Jokic, I don't know, man. I think the league should be on alert still if a slim Jokic is running around because he might just mess around and <laughs> fire them into the conference finals. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how Jokic is going to play. I see the Rockets beating them, though, for like the convo of Harden and Russ will be too much for the Nuggets to stop. Even though they do have nice defenders and guys like Will Barton, you've got Tory Craig as well. You've got guys like um got guys like Gary Harris that can clamp up as well on his day. But the Rockets just have too much man. That's they'll just small ball them to death. But it'll be interesting to see how Jokic copes still. Well how PJ Tucker copes still. It should be PJ Tucker that's coping, not Jokic. Up against Jokic in the post. Since the Rockets decided to go all out on small ball, I don't know how far I can take them, though. I really don't think you can win a championship playing small ball in this era still. <laughs> but, yeah, 4-5 um, matchup, OKC against Utah. Listen, this is going to be a tight one still. Obviously, OKC, they got the vet in Chris Paul. they got Gallinari. you got your Shea Gilders, Alexander, second season. you got your Dennis Schroeder. Um... I see the OKC winning this still, I can't lie. Obviously, Utah, they had serious chemistry issues with Gobert and Donovan Mitchell with the whole of, the whole fiasco of Gobert causing the league to shut down with his silly actions, let's just say that. But he since then apologised, and at the end of the day, everyone makes mistakes, innit? Um, huge blow for Utah, though, is that um, small forward Boyan Bogdanovic is going to be out for the rest of the season. He decided to get hand surgery. I don't know if this is the right time, but at the end of the day, it's his body, in it. But I think he just thought that, yeah, basketball ain't coming back. I might as well just go get this and get it done. But yeah, it's just it's going to come costly for them because he, he was a good player for them this season. Still, he hit like two game winners for them. I remember the one against the... Yeah, he hit two game winners for them. One of them against the Rockets. And yeah, he's a good shooter as well. So yeah, they're going to miss him still. 
but I see OKC winning it. I really like OKC's free guard closing lineup. You got Shea, CP3, and Dennis Schroeder all on the floor to close the lineup. They can essentially play five out if you got Steven Adams as the big man. You got Gallinari playing the four. That's four shooters. Obviously, Chris Paul is statistically one of the most clutch players in the league as well. I see them beating Utah still. I would say OKC and six. So that is the playoff bracket right if the playoffs were to start right now who i see coming out the first round a lot of people have said who does this break benefit more like the lakers or the clippers um i would actually say the lakers simply because they have lebron james and that they have played together more with their like core lineup than the clippers have um that being said though i do think the clippers will be the favorites by like the bookies and things like that but i see the lakers winning it all still a lot of people say <laughs> that um they will have an asterisk next to their name, where LeBron will if he wins this championship during this pandemic. And I feel like a lot of teams, it depends though, it depends because one of the big discussions in the NBA community as well has been whether or not the champions of this season's NBA championship will have an asterisk ne- next to their championship. And I've been thinking about this a lot still, and um, I feel like it depends on who actually wins it. I feel like if the Lakers win it, then yeah, they're going to give an asterisk to that championship for LeBron still. If the Clippers win it, and not so much. So yeah, I think it would depends on who actually wins it. Um, If a random team just came and, and won it, like if like, I don't know, the Heat just won it, then everyone's going to say, yeah, that was wild. Like that don't really count in it. But I think anyone outside of, Obviously, apart from the Lakers, anyone outside of like the Clippers, the Bucks, maybe the Rockets, the Celtics, possibly Philly, then yeah, they'll probably say that that's an asterisk still. But then those teams that are named on the fringes, so like the Celtics, Philly, the Rockets, and um, yeah, they they just they will have to play very well for someone to for you to sit down and say, ah, right, cool, yeah, they actually deserved it because they were balling all playoffs, which in a way you will have to do to win anyway. Personally, I don't think that you should put asterisk next to a championship because in a way it's a level playing field. Like we're in we're in Orlando, obviously the Magic ain't gonna win it. Like it's a neutral venue, so it's basically the quality of your play in it. Like if you're balling and you win the championship, then yeah, like you deserve that ring in it. Obviously, the way life is set up, it's not not everything's gonna go to plan every single time. So you have to, yeah. It's, it depends on how you react to these certain situations. This is why I say the Lakers are the favorites because the way LeBron James' mindset is and the way he's set up, he's prepared for um, any possible solution. He's prepared for any possible situation, and I feel like he'll be able to deal with it. That's why I think that he had the mental strength strong enough to cope with this and still win a championship, and he has the leadership qualities that can still um that he can like he has the strength to be able to lead his team to the championship um before i end this nba segment because obviously it's not going to be as frequent going forward until the league actually resumes on july the 30th uh, i just want to talk about obviously since there was no basketball they decided to bring forward the release date of the last dance the michael jordan documentary on the 98 bulls so yeah obviously everyone in the nba world watched it well most people in the world watched it and i think it was a very very good documentary probably one of the greatest sports documentary i've ever seen 10 part series um i like the way mainly about the 98 season i like the way they went to go back in time to show how those things in the past affected 
the 98 Bulls on um in that year. So obviously they went back from like his rookie season, how he got beat down by Isaiah Thomas and the Bad Boy Pistons in 89 and 90. Final series before that, so when he played the Supersonics, obviously the, the first Utah Finals matchup, when he played against the Magic, like I found all of that interesting and um yeah it was a very good documentary i didn't always agree with his um whole idea of leadership <laughs> especially the way he used to bully his teammates and that but yeah we can't no one can deny his greatness though it was, it was a great documentary big up jason hale for um producing that and big up mj for allowing that footage to be released because it was really locked up in an espn cabinet for 20 odd years fam so that's kind of crazy still but yeah, so that was a great watch. I guess that distracted us from the fact that there was no NBA basketball for a couple months. So yeah, now we're just looking ahead to the season. Um, one more thing I forgot to discuss anyway. Now Marcus Aldridge is ruled out for the Spurs for the rest of the season. So that's going to really hamper them going into this um, last eight games of the season slash possible playing tournament as he was like their consistent big for them. He had a decent season, obviously, He's getting he's getting up there with age. He's like 36 right now. Got one year left on his contract. He's going to have surgery, I believe. So, yeah, that's going to be a setback for Pop and the Spurs as it looks like their 22-year playoff stretch is going to come to an end. They've made the playoffs every year since 1997, which is phenomenal. Still, the second longest playoff streak in NBA history behind Philly. <laughs> just had to get that in there. Just, just, just had to, man. I'm sorry. So yeah, another interesting thing though, um, yesterday, Patrick Beverly, you all know how outspoken he is both on and off the court. He tweeted something interesting. He said something like, Hoopers say what you want. If LeBron says he hooping, we all hooping. No personal, only business. At first I thought, okay, um, he's paying homage to LeBron. But then when I sat down and really took in what he said, yeah, he's, there's a little jab at LeBron still saying that he controls the league. <laughs> whatever he says goes and obviously that's a little mind game with him being on the Clippers LeBron being on the Lakers so I really want to see these two teams match up and see who really prevails in the Western Conference Finals if they both get there but yeah I just thought I'll wrap up a quick pod since it's been so long since I've actually hit the mic but yeah um, as always I'm your host AB this is Clutch Pod don't forget to follow us on the gram at Clutch underscore pod and on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod and we'll be back soon. Big up everyone for the support.